Hey everybody, this is TA and welcome back to the Recourse Podcast. I'm going to start out by saying happy Mother's Day. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. I mean, unless you're totally listening to this podcast on a totally different day before or after. And in that case, make sure you just send your mom some flowers if you can. (laughs) But today we are talking about mothers. Anne is here. Anne actually is the pastor's wife at my church, River of Life, and she's had quite a unique journey in motherhood. She's been a regular mom. Is that what we're going to call it? Just a mom. She's also been a stepmom, a single mom. She's been a daughter-in-law, a mother-in-law, and now she's making her journey into grandmotherhood. So she's obviously seen motherhood through many different lenses. So I couldn't think of anybody better to talk to about Mother's Day and what it's like to be a mother in so many different ways and through so many different circumstances. So let's jump right in with Anne. I'm so glad you are here today. Thank thank you for being here. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. It's kind of fun. (laughs) It's definitely a new new thing opportunity for me so it's fun (laughs) maybe I don't know have you never been on another podcast I haven't actually been no done this kind of forum before so yeah it's fun it's interesting (laughs) at first because it's the mics and the fate like can I see whatever but within five minutes all of a sudden you're just chatting and it becomes a nice just conversation but we'll start with how do we know each other oh well, I, we know each other through church, through yeah. River of Life, and I feel like I've known you for a while, but this year, I guess being in Bible study together yeah. has been like an opportunity to get to know you on a different level than just, you know, yeah. passing or talking. It's been nice <laughs> to do the Wednesday study. I've never been able to. And I wanted to do the Monday night one, but I played volleyball, so I, like, I always had prior commitments, and then... But now, finally, having a different schedule, I can come on Wednesday mornings, and it's yes, great. Yes, it's been really fun to have you part of the group. So I have a random <laughs> personal question. With I know when I saw who was in the study, and I saw your name, I'm like, oh, that's cool. But I wonder if everybody has that same reaction, like, oh, no, the pastor's wife, and do I, can I say anything, or is this going to be... Has anyone ever brought that up before, or do you have nervousness about that? I think people always... I, I had to realize that that was a thing, because mm-hmm. I don't see myself as a pastor's wife. I mean, I don't even know what that means exactly, sure, sure. but I think people do have preconceived ideas about it. So my goal is to, to be as to have kind of as normal of a relationship with women, yeah. you know, with other women as possible and not to, uh, you know, make people feel uncomfortable or anything like that. I don't that think you because, do it. Yeah, <laughs> I think you do a wonderful job. <laughs> I just, the only reason I thought about it, so I went to a, a private uh, school in Indiana, uh, Indiana Wesleyan when I was going through college. Okay. And there were, I remember having met some of the women that I was in the dorm with that were like, that was their goal was they were very like God placed on my life to become a pastor's wife oh, and that wow. I'm going to be marrying <laughs> And I was like, Oh, I, if that happens, it happens, but that was not my goal. <laughs> no, and it definitely wasn't my goal either. I, I knew God had sort of called me into ministry and wanting to be part of just what he was doing and kind of more as a personal thing. I didn't really see it as a, pastoral because I think most of my early Christian walk had to do more with parachurch ministry versus church ministry, although I grew up in the church. But um, so it was actually a very different thing to marry a pastor. And I was kind of came into it with just more of a ministry leader Mm -hmm. uh, filter and didn't realize that pastor's wife is sort of a different category I guess for some people (laughs) well I think some churches or some did not maybe do have that as a different kind of almost pedestal like position or whatever Uh, but yeah I was always wondering about that if that's a here 
that's a different yeah it's and I guess you don't you never know how people are thinking about that you know (laughs) different experiences and different and every background different yeah personalities in Mm -hmm. church so yeah well I'm so glad you're here today because we're going to dive into the world of motherhood and you have had a fortunate (laughs) life of getting a lot of different views of motherhood but probably the easiest start is tell me about your mother my mom. Well, I have a wonderful mom, actually. Um, I grew up, she's still alive, and um, I'm so thankful for that because um, I lost my dad last year, right at the beginning of COVID. And so it's been actually almost getting to know my mom in a new way. As she's she was with my dad since she was like 15, and so they had been together and had such a you know they were such a duo yeah, kind yeah. of. And in our growing up years my dad and my mom were very much a partnership you know growing up and so for my dad to you know go home to be with the Lord um and now my mom to see her continuing to flourish as a as a widow you know has been great she's always been very she's a very strong person and a leader um so I always kind of looked up to her and yet there's always, you know, I think the mother-daughter relationship, there's times that you just love and admire them. And then other times that you just want to be as far away as possible, you know, in some ways. or So that you always have that kind of push and pull. You get that kind of like there's certain things I want to mimic and, and I glorify and want to don't totally take on the, those personality traits. And the other ones are maybe not. That's not the way I would want to handle. And sometimes you can't control it. You start talking and you go, I'm my mother. And yes, that just came exactly, out of my mouth. <laughs> exactly. So, and I, and I think too, when you become a mother, you really appreciate the things mm-hmm. that maybe before I was, um, you know, not appreciating as much. So I think I definitely had a new appreciation for my mom when I became a mom, for obviously. Sure. And so. she's far away, right? She's down in Florida? Yes. Yeah, so That's I grew hard. up in Florida, and she's still there, lives in, you know, the same, my, in Tampa where I grew up. And um, and so I'm thankful that we've always, you know, we talk a lot on the phone, and actually she's even gotten good at we can FaceTime or oh, Zoom or something. Yeah. She's, she's actually learned some technical stuff, so we're able to be in touch. But I do miss... I haven't actually, since I was 18, I haven't lived in the same town as her. So I didn't get to grow up and my children and stuff with her being like right down the street, which is not how I grew up. I grew up with my grandmother being close by mm-hmm. and uh, being a very big part of my life. So I, I have missed missed her being closer proximity. Yeah. You know, I can relate to that. I've not, same thing. I've not lived <laughs> in the same town since I left for college and mm-hmm. we lived, I mean, on the other side of the world at one point and then now yeah. being here 13 hours away, my parents are in Michigan. So it's that feeling of, yeah, you don't have that. And I compared that or talked to people about that of like, we didn't have grandma when we've had babies and then you didn't have that babysitter. You didn't have that extra support of like, Hey, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm drowning over here. And actually that was the, one of the first things we needed to do when COVID hit and our school schedules were so, because our kids go to a different district, and so I was working, and the kids weren't in school, and so mom, we ended up, my mom did come out and stayed oh, with us for like good. three, almost four weeks, because of just the mm-hmm. the craziness of, and at that time in COVID, we didn't know what tomorrow was going to look like, we didn't know what next week, and maybe we'd go back, but we weren't sure, yeah, and then right. you get an email that, oh, starting on Wednesday, you know, so it was, mm. it's hard when you don't it have is. that kind of community you know, with, with her. Yeah. My mom always did come down when I had a baby, she would come and stay, you know, like for a week or whatever. So I did have that support. And 
when I first had my first two uh, daughters, she was within, she was in the same state because I lived in Florida and we, so I would go, we, we did a lot of traveling back yeah. and forth in those early, early days. So we did get to spend more like holidays and special occasions. And when I could get away, I would go up and, and visit her. So yeah, so that I was thankful for that. It's been since I moved up here to, to Minnesota yeah. that we haven't had. So how that. long was the distance when you first were a parent? How long? She was she? about five. She, I lived down in Boca Raton okay. at the time, and they were in Tampa, so it was like a five hour. Okay. And a lot of times, and sometimes my sister lived in Orlando, so we would we would even meet in Orlando for for you know stuff. But yeah, so she we were in the same state, and that was yeah. that was easier. <laughs> how many siblings did you have? I have a brother and a sister, both okay. younger, so I'm the oldest. Yeah. So your so your mom had three kids. Mm-hmm. That, okay. And so you're yeah. the youngest. And I so. was the oldest. Yeah. Oh, you're the oldest. I said the oldest. Right. So, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Okay. So a lot of responsibility then. Yeah. You're feeling like were you the first to get married then after or? Yeah. Yeah. I was always. I kind of was more. My brother and sister were four and six years younger, so I was kind of oh, always okay. the babysitter yeah. and the. Yeah that when they were growing up so it's been only as as adults that we've really become close as like siblings because yeah. growing up they were so much younger than me that yeah. we weren't really in the same that's a whole other relationship yeah call, so the whole siblings <laughs> and dynamics and mm-hmm. I do buy into some of that age related like the firstborn versus the, like mm-hmm. I'm a middle child and I'm a very typical middle <laughs> child my family could tell you horror stories about I'm a middle child like, so. yes <laughs> Yes, I had probably, yeah, both, uh, I was probably 24 when I had Brie, and, um, and, you know, they were three years, almost three, not quite three years apart, my first two, okay. so, yeah, so they were, and I went through a separation and divorce, um, well, separation when my second baby was six months, so that was, that was a lot of kind of traumatic stuff um, early on. Um, with my mother, and I guess in motherhood, um, my my uh, first baby was three and a half when, or when, yeah, my husband, my first husband left, and we separated for a while, and then we got back together. So that's a whole other, you know, story. Yeah. But but yeah, as far as I think my mothering, learning how to be a a mom, and navigating kind of a difficult marriage yeah. is is uh, another whole thing. <laughs> I am sure. There's a lot to be said because as a mother, um, I've been blessed to have an amazing partner mm-hmm. and I feel like as parents we are partners in raising our children sure. and I don't feel like the responsibility has fallen to me and is in much of a traditional way where it was like the wife raises the mm-hmm. kids. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where the wife raises the kids, it's more we've been equitable partners in that and mm-hmm. so I can't imagine how that looked or how that felt. Were you working at the time? Well, I, you know, um, we had been on, on um, ministry staff, my uh, first husband and I, and, um, and the idea was more to that, that as the wife, I would get to spend more time raising the kids and stuff, but it was definitely a partnership. I mean, I, I saw that in my parents, even though my mom stayed home, she didn't have like a profession. But my dad was very involved, you know, in our in relationship with the kids and stuff. And so in my mind, that was that was what you would do. You know, I mean, I would I probably I wasn't working. I worked kind of part time. Um, I was really involved in ministry stuff. We were kind of had been uh, on a church staff um, helping do some stuff. And then my um, husband kind of went back 
into vocational work. He, he was in real estate and um, construction and stuff like that. And uh, so we sort of was, it was a different kind of thing, but I was home. I wasn't, I was able to focus on the kids. I yeah. didn't have an outside job. So. And I don't think that's a wrong yeah. thing. I feel like I need to clarify. Yeah. Like, I, I think if your family dynamic is that the wife, you guys yeah. make a decision that, sh- that is where to, in order to have a sustaining right. household, I think that's great. Yeah. I just, I, like I said, I feel very blessed that I have a, a pretty equitable partner in that. Yeah. In that I know my, and other friendships and families that, that doesn't always work that right. way, but they're still very healthy, healthy, healthy and happy right so I can't make any judgments on that but yeah Yeah, but it was hard I think what's hard about that is then when you are in that situation and you know husband leaves then you're if they're not you know going to be real good with the support you have Mm -hmm. to figure out a way to go back to work and do all of that so um once um we got divorced I had to think about get going back into the workforce, which I had, hadn't really done. I had only been in like ministry kind of support stuff before. And so I did, but the Lord, I tell you, the, the wonderful thing for me is that I have seen, you know, the Lord provide for me in such amazing ways. And I was able to really watch him be kind of become my husband. Yeah. And I became a crisis pregnancy center director for, and it, it was such a beautiful, you know, um, I was able to stay in ministry, but it was, you know, a paid position. I didn't have to raise support for it. And I was able to, um, you know, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was enough to, you know, pay the bills. And um, I had two little ones, like you said, at home. And I had a, it's where the church family really came around and helped me to, you know, with the kids as far as, you know, they were in school part of the time and I was working, but I had a more flexible schedule. So it worked out really well for me. And, um, so yeah, so I just watched God kind of provide for me in those early years. (laughs) I don't know how you do it without some of those things. And I think, um, the one thing that I heard you say too, that kind of stuck with me is I think we as women can put our husbands on that God pedestal mm-hmm. where that, or like you said right away, like God can become your husband's like, mm-hmm. he should be that no matter what. Yeah. Even, if I don't have, if I'm, even if I do have a husband, he should be already that, that person for me. And so, um, just taking stock in that of reminding myself or just to mm-hmm. kind of put that out there of, we can, even in a healthy relationship, sometimes put that person ahead of, of God. And so being thoughtful of that. Right. You kind of think you, you have it figured out and then, but yeah, God's always our provider, ultimate provider in everything. And I, so I watched him do that in my, you know, in marriage and then as a single, as a single mom. And I think the biggest concern you have is for your, your children when you all of a sudden go from having that partnership or someone to work together with, to all of a sudden not having that anymore. It can, it's a, it's a very scary, um, and overwhelming, um, prospect. (laughs) But then I I have to say in my own, it it was what caused me to really press in even more to in my relationship with the Lord and how, how does this work, you know, and also the need for your community to realize that you can't do it. um, You know, you can't do it alone. You can't, because I was just thinking that as you said that that to me would be the staple of what I would have needed or would need. Mm -hmm. Because even Matthew and I, who I have had a great marriage and have been able to be blessed to be um, partners but um, because my family is so far away we didn't know anybody in our community we lived 13 hours from um, 
my family, nine hours from his family. Mm -hmm. We didn't have his siblings or his parents around either. And for us, it was, we didn't have Christian couples around us. We didn't know, we didn't have, we, yes. so we had to get involved into a church community to get that piece because we knew as good as we could be as parents, we were still always going to be lacking and our kids would need that support. So I can imagine as a single mom, there's a sense too of like, I can do so much, but how do I show them what a godly man looks like? And what does that look like to have a father figure or to have those people in their lives? And so having a community really is, it is. un you know, you, you can't live without it. Yeah, I really can't. And I, I really saw that and it was, it was wonderful that way. So I, I really saw God provide for me in that way and for, and for my girls, yeah. you know, with, um, godly men, you know, yeah. other men that at least were willing to spend some time with them and, um, just to be around other families, yeah. you know, which is was so important. So. Well, it's encouraging to, to feel like there's hope in that, that it's mm-hmm. not a hopeless situation where it's like, I just don't have that, therefore I can never provide that or I can't get connected in. And so to have yeah. hope that there is, you know, that's the reason why we talk about living in, you know, in community right. and have that right. connection. That's why people. we really do need, and you know, they talk about it takes a village, you know, but I, I believe it's the church community because the people that have the same values and, and things that you want your kids to, to know and understand and see role models. So yeah, yeah that was I great. I feel like I'm going to say something that's going to get me in big trouble, but I'm going to call my <laughs> husband out on this because we've had this conversation where like I've been, when I've been able to, I love doing a Bible study and connecting mm-hmm. with, like I'm much more of that social, like yeah. I like doing groups of things like that. And he's not as super into it. It's not his favorite thing. And we were talking about him doing a men's Bible study. And I think his first reaction is, well, I'm doing good. And I do my own. And I'm I'm fine. And I have had to remind him. I'm like, but somebody in that group might need you. Like somebody else might need you to be there to help. You know what I mean? So it's like that. So true. But it's hard. It is hard. I love you, Matthew, and I'm not telling you. (laughs) Well, and I think it's temperament, too. You know, there's certain temperaments that really need others that seem, you know, are more people orientated. And then there's those that are more, get their batteries recharged by being alone or having that. And so they don't see the need as much. So they they need to, to realize that, yeah, the gifts and abilities you have are probably something that is, is needed in the yeah. group and even if you don't need it as much somebody else probably does right. so well maybe yeah. that's one of the gifts of becoming a mom is being able to recognize some of those pieces of like what do we what can we provide and mm-hmm. our limitations as a mother right. and being able to find that through which yeah. I will admit I don't feel like I'm great at like because mm-hmm. I want to no. like I'm a I'm a control I want to <laughs> I can do it all what else do my kids need I'm perfect not even close but oh, <laughs> they're gonna yeah. grow up and hear that and go Oh, if only you knew. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like for me, I always felt very, I had my first one was very strong-willed. And oh. I think it depends on the temperament of your child, too. Mm-hmm. If you have, like my second one was a lot more, um, seemed to be content more content child. And so she was easier to parent. Oh, sure. And mm-hmm. so my first one was a little more very outgoing and very strong-willed, and so I knew right away uh, with her that I was going to probably need yeah. some help. Some and, and felt, yeah, and so some of that comes from you know our children too, and what they need, and feeling whether you feel like you can meet those needs as as well as others. And so I think for me, it's been most of my parenting. I have felt somewhat inadequate to be able to meet all the needs that I see my children having and yet um 
being thankful that, yeah, there is like people around like, okay, who can help me with this? Or how can I <laughs> get advice? Because <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's not the message, it's the messenger, right? right so it's not right. even like, I'm not even saying something more, or like, yes. I, you know. And they don't say anything different. They almost right. say the same thing, but they can hear it better from. <laughs> totally from a different person. We had the opposite where we had our first and she was so easy. I mean, slept through the night mm, and did like, you so know, awesome. she was just easy. And we were like, we're the best parents. <laughs> and then we had our second and went. Oh no, we suck. <laughs> it's different. It's, it's different temperaments, different, and they are all wonderful in their own ways. And so, like, so it's fun. So, how long was the season of single motherhood for you? It was about four years. Okay. Um, yeah, four season. years. So I actually, of course, we had a year when, um, and we reconciled. Like the first, I had like a my the first year of my second daughter's life. I was, we separated, but then we were able to get back together and really work on things. And so that was really kind of a neat thing too, to see. And I really thought, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to make this. But then, um, you know, then it ended up going into divorce after that, those, and then I had another season of four years as a single parent and he, and my, and my ex-husband actually lived out of state too. So he wasn't, it wasn't even the every other weekend sure, thing or any of that it was situation. it wasn't a it wasn't so much of a co-parenting it was just certain times of the year that um so it was pretty much a single parenting season and so learning you know through that how to how to parent and um I think it strengthened me as a person very much um and of course like I said in my relationship with the Lord and dependence upon him and realizing that you can't do it on your own and so and then God you know brought Dave into my life which was kind of unexpected but kind of cool that he would and uh but he lived in Minnesota and I was down in Boca and people know that story but we um and he was a widow with three kids, so under five. And I'm like, yeah, time. it wasn't just a new gentleman in your life. It's now and three yes. others that could potentially become a part of your world. Yeah, so we had to feel like we were called to be together, not just us as a as a couple, but are we willing to parent one another's children? His, you know, like his first wife had died of cancer. And so they didn't have a mom in place, although they had grandparents. Uh, his parents had, had stepped in and... and actually moved in with him to help him with that. So they had that security of, of really great grandparents. And um, then I, and we were living in kind of different parts of the world too. And yet when God called us together, we, we had to just really, for me, it was really a matter of hearing, you know, hearing from God that, yes, this is who I have for you. And that he was going to give me what I needed to, to do that. <laughs> I was going to say, how was that thought process? Like, I imagine like, Okay, remarrying as a whole, you know, yeah. there's a little bit of, of emotional, like, <laughs> can, am I ready? Am I just going to work out? Should I do this? And I know a lot of people talk about, like, and am I willing to put this person in my kids' lives, like, for my, you know, exactly. am I willing mm-hmm. to introduce my, whatever. But then on top of that, be like, but then could I be that for this other set of kids? Like, I don't know how you process all of that or to feel ready for that. Yeah, I don't know that you, you really know what you're getting into, you know, <laughs> sure. obviously you're going into it. For me, it was just a matter of, okay, I feel like this, both of us felt like this was what God had for us. And we, we had a real peace about it. And yet I don't think you ever know what you're, you know, getting in for. Um, but like I said, it's usually all the, the hard things that God uses to, you know, kind of build, build your character, yeah, build your, um, dependence on him and those kind of things. And, uh, 
And it was, it's been a really beautiful journey. It's been a wonderful, um, I think I, I don't regret it at all. I'm very thankful. It's been 25 years. It'll be 25 years in June oh, wow. that Dave okay. and I have been yeah. uh, married. And so we're, you know, excited about that. I feel like it's quite an accomplishment <laughs> as well as, you know, our kids now, they were two, let's see, two, three and a half, six, nine, and 12 oh, wow. when we got married. Yeah. And, um, now they're, you know, it's been 25 years, so I don't even want to know how old my oldest is. I, I try to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I feel old. <laughs> I totally and we have two way. two grandchildren now, which like he's, um, yeah. you know, so it's a whole new, you know, uh, season with that, and another one on the way. So we're kind of excited about that. But um, yeah, so. There's been a, it's been definitely a process yeah. of, um, of growing. And what were some of the unexpected blessings of being a stepmom? Like, what are some of the things that you were maybe like, I wasn't expecting that. That was yeah. really a blessing for you. Well, I have to say, one of the things I've, I felt like right away, God, I had really, I had two girls, which I love. And I, in our family, we have all girls anyway. So I might have one brother, but even within our extended family, it seems to be a lot of girls. And I had always... There's always that longing in my heart for a boy, you sure. know, you kind of, and um, so the fact that God would give me a boy with, and then two others, and they were so little and so wonderful. When we first got married, they called me mom right away, and it wasn't a hard, you know, to come together that way, and um, definitely probably harder on my girls because they did have a dad, and even though he wasn't strongly in their life he was still there and and uh you know it's it was a big move for them but um for me it was you know I my two girls I really felt like it was it was a good time to move them and God provided a lot of things for them on this end of things and uh the younger ones were just so excited to have a mom I mean not that you know and they were too little to really understand at that time uh they were just like mom you know and and of course Dave's parents really did a great job of bringing um a foundation you know like a preparing them in some ways for that too so that I kind of walked into a really pretty good situation which isn't always the case when you you know have a blended family but um so that was great I think you what you don't anticipate is then they all become teenagers or they come there is that time when they have to try to figure out who all children have to kind of figure out who they are apart from their parents. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so you, um, and then of course that, I think that's when those that had lost their mom, you know, um, early on start like, Oh, I wonder what it would be. It would be nice if I had my real mom here. Like you can yeah. kind of say, Oh, I, you're not really my mom, you know, and, and you kind of get, go through that. So, you know, we had this, we had, definitely adjustment of, um, of them accepting me again as their mom. It's like they accepted me early on and then they, they kind of had to decide again, whether this, I'm going to really let you in as my mom. But, um, but now I'd say what's so beautiful with adult children is you have such a, I I feel like I have such a beautiful relationship with them. We've been able, we get to the point where they really do see me as their earth, you know, earthly mom. We always, wanted to have the opportunity for them to feel free to ask questions or to talk about their first mom. Yeah. And she was a wonderful person and, um, we don't want them to not know who she was or right. anything. But, um, I think 
there's a acceptance, you know, that God provided me as their mom for, you know, such a time as this or, you know, different stages. And so I'm just really thankful, you know, for the relationship that I have with them all now and that we kind of could weather all those storms, you know. Of... It reminds me a lot of the conversations I've had with other adopted parents. Yes. There's a, a season of that. I know coming for me as well, and we, we've talked about this a lot, um, Matthew and I with our son, Avi, who um, is so young that he has, he's been very accepting to be in our family mm-hmm. and just has been a wonderful, like we talked about his transition, has just been kind of beyond what we expected of great, but I always say the caveat of, but <laughs> I mean, I am anticipating that he is going to go through a season, if not, I don't know how long yeah. or how hard of. But I know this wasn't where, who, you know, yeah. where are my biological parents? This wasn't where I was raised. This wasn't what the original maybe plan was for his life. And so have to coming to terms with that and the loss and grief in that and, you know, all those yes. pieces. So there has to be grace in that. Yes. And so it sounds like you guys have navigated that and right. wonderfully. I think that is the, the key is to, um, is to, to hold it you know, lightly and, and recognizing that God, you know, has given you, it's a, it's a gift, you know, they're gifts from him and they will learn, you know, they need to learn and grow and accept, you know, what got, what has happened in their lives, yeah. you know? And so I do believe the three younger ones have, are like my adopted. I felt like I adopted, I didn't like, I guess, legally adopt them, but they I signed all the papers, you know, yeah. I mean, all along, all the permission slips, all the, you know, stuff. And as if I was their, you know, their mom in every, in every way. And I've always felt, I think God gave me such a, I, I really, we both asked the Lord to give us just a supernatural love for each other's kids, because you don't feel like it's maybe there naturally because you didn't, if you didn't give birth to them, but I don't think that means that you don't have that same love. Like you yeah. said, um, for them and that you, I just believe that they were gifts from God. So just like my two older ones are, are gifts from God that I, I want to steward well, you know, that, those gifts. I think know? that gets to the first of this whole, my whole thought of, of having this conversation mm-hmm. of what it means to be a mom and that in the end, it doesn't matter how God determines the children mm-hmm. that are put in our lives, whether it's like you said, yeah. adoption, step parenting. Um, mm-hmm. I have good friends who have they were godparents who now are parents because yes, they right. took on that responsibility. And so you go, it doesn't matter the means. It matters in the end that yeah. this is the, the placement God has for me or the calling God had for me is to be a mom. Mm-hmm. And so then how to right. steward that wisely because yeah. that's not easy. It's not easy. and um, But he, he's so good. It's such a rewarding thing mm-hmm. to 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 work, to go for, you yeah. know, and to even when it's not easy. Yeah. And there's, there's always going to be non-easy seasons, I mean, hard seasons. And so, Lord, what do you want to teach me through that? And how can I, I think our kids just need to always know that we're on their side, that we're, you know, their cheer, their biggest fans and cheerleaders, and that no matter what happens, we'll love them so that they can understand the love, you know, that God has for them, you know? Well, I appreciate you talking about the different seasons, (laughs) because there's so many seasons, and especially now mine are a little bit younger, are you just feel like a seed planter and just hoping that those seeds will all yes. survive and eventually will grow and eventually will, you know, yield sure. great crops. But that, that, um, we, we talk, I think everybody brings up the Bible verse of like, you know, raise your children. Yeah. It's not a promise. It's, it's a, a promise. it is a good thing. It is the thing we're supposed to do. It is the way God wants us to live our life. 
but I, I wish it was a pro- I wish it was I a guaranteed know. promise that this is exactly <laughs> how, and I know that all the good intentions that I have um, would see themselves through yes. so that they would feel they will always feel loved they'll always feel supported and always feel encouraged and I don't sadly that yeah. you know what's that that old free will thing you know yes. <laughs> we all have and we love it when it's our free will you know we can choose and we can do what we want but it's hard when it's someone we love and we want them to choose the way you know yeah. we see is best or whatever and so I think it's realizing that they have that choice too and and they need to exercise that choice, yeah. you know, for themselves. So the other thing I was thinking about before you came, with in regards to um, when we have biological children, mm-hmm. I see a lot of specific personality traits in myself or my husband mm-hmm. in our in our specific children. And I can speak specifically of my son. He's so me. I know exactly <laughs> when he responds to things. I know why he's responding that way. I feel a lot for him. And I feel like I'm able to parent him in a way of like, cause I remember not feeling seen or I remember mm-hmm. feeling this way. You know, like people always right. say, you remember how you feel now what was said that like, I remember feeling that. So That's it's like, so how good. do I parent that? But then when you have children that aren't, mm-hmm. Or maybe we read into that too much. Maybe mm-hmm. I do that too much. That's not really actually appropriate, but it's so much harder, I think, sometimes when it's, okay, we're going to try this. It didn't work. I'll try this. It didn't work. I'll try this. It didn't work. I'll try this. It didn't work. <laughs> so it exactly. feels harder in that. But in the same way, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a journey through all different mm-hmm. types of Well, it's a confidence thing. You know, like I can be confident when I you know, understand mm. how they're thinking or they're just like me in this or I even I see my husband in them or whatever, but you don't feel as confident when it's someone else that doesn't have that. So it's that confidence factor. And I, I really struggled with that a lot as a parent, I think, to say, is this is this a um, just a, a person thing or is this because of our relationship? Is it because they're not my biological child or is, is this because they went through a divorce or they they went through a death of a mom or is this just a kid thing that everyone you know right is this a sin issue or a um or just a stubbornness issue you know yeah. whatever it is and it's so it's really hard to discern those things it is we talk about that moment. a lot trauma-based like <laughs> yes. you know, is this based on their trauma or is this yes exactly you're just in a bad mood today yeah right right <laughs> or am just... I just in a bad mood today <laughs> I don't have patience exactly and so sometimes I think we can overanalyze or overthink it and sometimes we just need to step back and say oh well it's gonna I just have to wait and see you know I don't know what's gonna happen and I can't I can't always know, you know, <laughs> and it, you just ask for forgiveness. I find that the biggest, for me, the biggest thing that helped was to just, when you recognize maybe you did something wrong or I, I would tend to, um, you know, if I got angry or impatient or, you know, all those things that are easy to do to go back and, and ask for ask for forgiveness, you know, and, and use it as a teachable moment that, you know, I'm not, I'm sorry and I need your I need your help. Mommy didn't quite a, I got kind of off track here and it kind of teaching them how to, how to deal with, with uh, disappointment or wrong choices or yeah. things like that. So. I, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think that's great advice. I think we all need to do that more. I imagine that's harder the older your children get. It seems mm-hmm. easy when they're younger to be like, okay, honey, I'm sorry. Mommy was, you know, what I mean? but as an adult child to have mm-hmm. the humility to say to them, I'm, I'm sorry, or I didn't realize that's how you were feeling, and I will take on. You know what I mean? I imagine mm-hmm. as we have a harder time doing that with our peers, 
to yeah. do that with a child that's now not a child but an adult to have <laughs> that type of conversation and to give them that respect and, and mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's even more important to do it then oh, because yeah. that is when they can, you know, they need to see that that's what you need to do. Um, it really does. It's more of the teaching. I, it, it was good. My, my son has actually come back and, and told me, you know, mom, that's something I really appreciated about you because he, he, I mean, certain ones, you know, they, they always can point out the negative, but then they also like for him, he would say, I, I always appreciate that you would come back and, and apologize and stuff. So I think that that is something really the, actually the older they get, the more important it is because they're, they're going to need that as a tool in their toolbox, you know, to go Well, and forward. like you said, your yeah. kids now have kids. Yeah. So now you're not only, you've now built that relationship mm-hmm. as a mom, but now they're starting to reflect those qualities back to their own kids, and you've yeah. now entered a new stage of grandmotherhood. Yeah, so how is that's, that? Well, that's really fun. I mean, and there's nothing like it because you don't have... It's so much easier. <laughs> it's just so much easier <laughs> because you're not with them 24-7. You just get to enjoy and be. And I think you have so much more patience because you have so much more perspective. Yeah. You know, so um, like our first granddaughter is very, another one that's very active and probably a little more on the stronger willed side. And I have so much more empathy and understanding of her and I just sometimes I go I wish I had had this you know with my first daughter because you just don't you know it's it's definitely a learned you know and you you realize what really matters and what what doesn't matter in the moment things can seems like like you know the end all and you just have to fix it or whatever mm-hmm. and you realize as you get older that some things aren't that big of a deal you know? <laughs> well, you're like, you know, you see, see yes. that she's turned out very well so you can have that <laughs> earlier stage because you've seen that end product yeah, which you can have. We, and, so and you also just appreciate your kids you know and their their strengths I mean you know to see some of these the, the girls that now as moms you know their patience and Love. I mean, I just really—it's—it's it's a beautiful thing to see how they are parenting in such yeah. a you know good way, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's very encouraging. Yeah. I'm like, that's got to be amazing <laughs> for you to see your children with partners, mm-hmm. and yes. then eventually as parent, like, oh, it's—it's nerve wracking too. But I think about it, I'm like, well, I hope I set again seed planting. Hope I set oh, yes. it up right. 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 <laughs> but then at some points, it's not even about me. It's the who has, like you said, influenced them from the start and mm-hmm. who have given them all those skills and traits to be able to do those things appropriately. So, yeah. wow. Yeah. What a fun season for them to be in. Yes. And so you have two grandbabies? We have two and one on the way. Oh. Yeah. So it's exciting. And, yeah, then, I, I mean, I actually have all my kids. My um, one daughter that lived out of state just moved back to Minnesota. Okay. So actually having all five children within the... You know, within Minnesota has, is really, and it's very new. I mean, it just happened. Uh, so I'm I'm just excited to be close enough that we can actually spend time together. Do all know? the siblings get along? That's another thing I've thought about a lot as a parent of, like, I want my kids to have those relationships outside mm-hmm. of me, if that makes sense, like once they leave, you know. Yeah. And, I yes, I, I believe, I mean, um, our, especially, of course, my two, the older daughters are very close and the three younger ones are probably definitely closer, yeah. but we, we, we worked really hard and we tried to work hard on, on 
them all, you know, getting along with each other yeah. and, and doing things together. So we try to do like family trips or just family times together. Yeah. Uh, well, there's quite an age yeah. gap between the oldest. Yes. So I mean, that makes a huge difference. And... and I think we're still getting into that stage where the youngest one is just now being seen as an adult. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, no, that's fair. Um, you know, probably the older ones still see the younger ones and now they're in their 20s. So it's, it's, but yeah, you see how your family just evolves, you know, and from all being kids to now all being adults. So we're still kind of in that transitional phase in a way. (laughs) I will say I've thought about that a lot because that would be one thing that I have felt a lot in my life as an adult was that when we would go home, you often feel like you slip back into those, I'm 16 again, or I feel like I'm being (laughs) treated like a teenager again versus, no, I'm an adult with kids who, you know, whatever. And I don't mean that in a negative way towards my parents. It's just we all fall back into our household Mm -hmm. dynamics, right? So it's like that feeling of I want our kids to feel that way, hopefully. But even as they age up, I know I struggle with, I want, I do it both ways. I want my 12-year-old to feel, you know, have more independence Mm -hmm. or whatever. But then I also expect my six-year-old to be acting like my 12-year-old, so I have to be careful, like, the appropriate age range of stuff. Or, like, there are times when I I don't want her to be a 12-year-old. I want her to still be needy and, you know, dependent on me or whatever. So it's like that weird, okay, how do I navigate all that, like... And that's probably, I mean, I think as they get to be adults, for them to realize that you still, there's part of you that always sees them as your little girl or little boy and you know you just love them there's nothing you know in some ways it's but obviously they are adults now and they they have a different whole different life but I think you you are the only one that knows them and all those things and so you you know have that compassion and understanding that no one else no none of their friends or anything I think when they get to there's such always all of them have gotten to a stage where their friends become almost more important obviously than their family does Mm -hmm. and you're going Oh, it's so hard because you're like, you know, you might, your, your friends are, are great, but no one likes you, loves you right. <laughs> like your parents do, you know, and, and getting them to really believe that and see that yeah. is, is hard at times. So. It can be, yeah, and I think of the people that, and I, maybe, again, as we age, you see the friends in your lives that were so important mm-hmm. at that moment. I always think of it this way, who was standing by you at your wedding? Like, who was your bridesmaid and who were your yeah. maid of honors and yeah. all that stuff, whatever. And how many of those people are still in your life? And not that, you know, yeah. but life situations just change. change. They just, right? we moved or they yeah. moved or just unfortunately things happen and you can't always guarantee that those people will, but your family, your parents, your brothers, yes. just, they are the ones that are there, yeah. connected, you're stuck. Right, right. <laughs> that's a good So thought. that is, yeah, that's something to, but sometimes in the moment, especially, you know, those teenage years, I think that they friends and and that's just all part of that time where they have to try to figure out who they are themselves and apart from their parents and start making those kind of decisions it's hard to let them you know Mm -hmm. um do that sometimes and whether that's in their teen years or even in their 20s I think that even more so people have to figure that out I imagine that's a hard treat or a hard (laughs) piece to figure out where that line is and again we've talked about this kind of a couple times Mm -hmm. but the I'm sure that looks different for each kid too, of like letting, sure. giving them a longer, I don't say longer, which I hate that term. I feel like that, sense. that sounds really bad, but like, you know, oh. giving them more grace and more mm-hmm. um, breathing room and whatever that they need. And yet some, maybe not, maybe you need to yeah. be a little, maybe we need to be a little more, you know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's where that individuality. So, you know, some, they need different things, definitely. Yeah. So. Well, one of the other relationships that I want to talk about, because I think this is one that I don't think we talk about enough um, in the church or is 
our relationship says mother-in-laws or mm-hmm. with your mother-in-law. Yes. So you're now both. You are a mother-in-law and you, oh, yes. you seem to have a very blessed relationship oh, with your mother-in-law, your yeah. current mother-in-law. I sure do. I And we call them mother-in-love. I, I like that t- term a lot better because it's, of course, the love relationship with Dave that that brought us together, and um, I'm very thankful for my mother in love. Um, she's Grandma Anne, of course. The people mm. that know her, um, she is she is such a role model to me, just like my mom. My mom's a role model to me, and my my uh, mother in love is is very much a a role model to me, and and just how she loves and how she serves her family and. Uh, how she loves the Lord, you know. So I'm very thankful. Not everyone obviously has that kind of um, mother in love. That's so she's so supportive and stuff of of me and of our kids and has been. So that's I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. I think part of that relationship, and I know I I have friends that have both all all through the spectrum, mm-hmm. both a very difficult relationship with mm-hmm. their mother in laws and very close relationships. What I have kind of gathered from my non-statistical mm-hmm. data research, yeah. that, you know, very in-depth scientific research here. Yeah. Um, it seems to me the families that had positive um, interactions or positive foundations that the mom and dad have a quality relationship, that that relationship was first mm-hmm. and then kids came second versus the parents who my kids were everything. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. I was, I was going to say when I think about parenting I do think that the number one thing to say that Dave and I really worked hard on is for the kids to say that to see and to hear that our relationship took precedence over mm-hmm. our as much as we love them and mm-hmm. would do anything for them that our relationship had to come first and I think that's so important for the security of the, of the children but um yeah, I think that's so important, and that is something that we, especially in a blended family, even is even more so because all the kids aren't coming from it the same point of view, obviously, and and there has been trauma, you know, in, in marriage if it's been divorced. So um, that was something that we had to work hard on and had to kind of remind the kids because kids want their own way, of course. you know, always. I mean, just like we all do, we all are self-centered in the core and want things to be our way. So if they can try to, and, and kids even just in a intact family are always going to try to pit parents against each other yeah. if they, to get yeah. their own way. And For sure. there's a lot more um, leverage to do that in a blended family where you have, you know, and so I think that's, even more important and um but I think too like you're saying as you move into the next relationship with sons-in-law like now I have three sons-in-law and uh I don't know I I feel like I want more than anything to have a good relationship obviously with each one of them and and I do believe part of it is like we prayed obviously for everyone that our you know children are going to marry and to see them as an answer to prayer, first of all, that God brought them into their life for a reason and that that's a good thing. And so you kind of go into it with that mindset of, um, yeah, this is your answer to the prayer that we've been praying for our, our son or daughter. Um, my, my son isn't married yet, but I think it's coming. (laughs) So, but so I, it's kind of exciting to watch how God brings that person into their life. And then, kind of seeing them as a gift, mm-hmm. um, just like everything else, um, and then continue to establish that, you know. Yeah. 
I've, I'm also very blessed to have a, a wonderful mother-in-law, um, and I've had conversations with her about, I'm, I'm the only daughter-in-law because Matthew's the only son. Oh, okay. He's got two sisters. Okay. And the both of them are married. But it's very interesting how being a mother-in-law to a daughter or to a, yes. you know, to a, Son. her son's wife then to her daughter's husband's and how that relationship looks different. So it'll be interesting for you too once you start yes. navigating what it's like as a daughter because there is that sense too of like the your son's wife <laughs> has a tendency still to stay connected to their family. You know, like right. it's easier mm-hmm. or I know she... And I don't come, I hope this doesn't come out wrong. I know she feels probably more comfortable at her daughter's home than my home just because it's her son's house, not her daughter's right, house. Does that right. make sense? Like yes, yes. the wife kind of fills the home or kind of has that. So you, she probably does feel more comfortable there. She's never not been comfortable here, but yes, I, you know, there's just right. a difference of it having is. a daughter and a son and their, their spouses. And so, um, that's always played into that as well too. I bet with relationships yeah. and things like that. I think Matthew hit the jackpot with, my mom is a mother-in-law just because she likes him better than me. So. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> That's our family joke. It really is. He has fit in so well with our family. And him and my mom get along very well. So we're very blessed that way as well. So. Oh, good. Well, I, yeah, I feel really, you know, thankful for my three sons-in-laws. And, and I, I do feel, and it's kind of, I think because my mom's so far away and Dave's family has had to really be my family mm-hmm. I have. I feel like I have a really close relationship, probably a closer relationship than maybe I would have thought I would have, um, because they're so close and um, and we've you know just been. And she's the one that has always want has really gone out of her way to say I want you to feel comfortable, you know, yeah. to just do whatever to be at home when you're in our home. And and she wanted to. She's they've lived with us at at times too, and in transitions. So I. Um, I do sort of feel like she's is like a second mom to me. So I'm very thankful for that, that I have that kind of relationship with her. And it is something you see that difference. I mean, I want my sons-in-laws to feel as comfortable, you know, in our home as, you know, they do in their own. I don't, like you said, maybe that's not really totally possible to have happen, but um, you yeah. want to strive for that, yeah. I guess, that they would feel good. I, we've had, well, we have a son in daughter and son-in-law living with us right now with their baby so I think just the circumstances for like and we had our daughter other daughter live with us when her husband was in Afghanistan so we've had some circumstances where they've kind of moved back in and lived with us that um they're you know so that's I think that's helped for them to feel more comfortable and like this is home for them too (laughs) I think that relationship is a tricky one too because it grows it, it takes time to grow versus um, it's not a choice relationship, I guess. Right, exactly. You're not choosing that relationship. Mm-hmm. That relationship is forced upon you. And so I know we've had a lot of conversations with our premarital couples about oh, yeah. that same thing. Like, because we talk about that with the, in order for your kids, you need to, mm-hmm. your marriage needs to come first before your kids, which is a very hard mm-hmm. conversation. Well, I'd say that's an easy conversation <laughs> at first because that's all they, they care about right know, now. Anyway, yeah. right now they're just like, yeah, great. Yeah. I care about this person only anyways. But for some, anytime we've had um, our premarital couples, like, some of the if there is any family issues it really is the extended family and that's where it's like so that family has got to navigate that in a way that's hard and it's got to grow it doesn't just you know a lot of times it's not just this flip the switch like yes I chose this person because their mom's so great yeah right exactly (laughs) yes yes it's true that's good that's a good point like you said once you have kids or it's it's different from when you first get married and then your kids and then making that relationship because I think that the 
problem a lot of times, especially I think for us as women, is we give ourselves totally to our children, and sure. they, they can become the priority over our husbands sure. if um, we don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. So you have to see that, no, and you don't just then put a category. I feel a lot of people put a category, my husband's just another one of my kids that I yeah. need to take care of, and that's very I hate that unhealthy. joke, yeah, and I also I hate, hate when people too. like, my husband's babysitting the kids, mm-hmm. like, I hate all of those types of, like, I know we laugh, haha, yeah, whatever, yeah. but I'm like... I just, because sometimes it's too much rooted in truth in my head that I'm yes. like, I don't like those kind of, like, I don't, oh, oh. yeah, I cringe more than I If laugh that's about. happening, then they need to mm. examine um, their relationship because it is, it's got to be that you're a partnership with your husband in parenting the children and that your relationship still needs to thrive. And because, yeah. especially as you, you know, get your children grow up and they will go on into their own lives. And so you want to continue that relationship and have a vibrant marriage, you know, after well, I kids. I think that <laughs> could be in the same vein. We'd have the same conversation about your careers and your work mm-hmm. life and what that looks like or the way you spend your mm-hmm. time socially and where that the line for those pieces are because I think those all of those pieces and I know on like my Twitter handle or my Instagram <laughs> handle for the longest time it was like wife mother teacher not necessarily in that order because I constantly felt pulled in all those directions right and that's sort of like okay but there does have to be priority in that but you know yeah. in my head it wasn't always easy to but yeah. if I'm being a good teacher that probably means I'm being a bad mom and if I'm being a good mom <laughs> it probably means I'm being a bad wife and you know like so it's figuring out uh, what that looks yes. like and how to handle those pieces appropriately yeah. Not that I've mastered that. Yeah. <laughs> so don't look for me no, to No, those are the challenges, yeah. though. They're the challenges and the ways, and ultimately you have to decide, you know, kind of day to day and week to week. And there's times that maybe it does need to get, uh, you know, there's times that your kids need you 100% and, and their, your attention and you're not able to focus as much, but you always need to come back to yeah. that priority. And maybe you're right. Maybe there's not yeah. just a, maybe it's not a horrible, or like maybe it's not a simple place to be yeah. like, but it's okay that there's times when those seasons mm-hmm. change and, I, I want to go back to just what we've been kind of saying throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing, like that living community, that it's okay to get help and to ask right. for and to lean on that because I think that's what we yeah, have been called to do as people and what God wants and as a good mother, right. we have to do that. For well, the kids. number one thing for me as a young mom was to get together with other moms. I yeah. mean, to have play groups and uh, or time, you know, whether... Now they have so many. For me, another big biggie was even prayer groups. Moms in prayer was a big uh, thing yeah. for me. Uh, when my kids, even as they were in school, that I'm praying with other moms for them and their schools. And their, and so I think there's different seasons that you have different things that help you to make it through yeah. <laughs> those times and see those as gifts, you know, and, and take take hold of them. Don't try to, don't isolate yeah. and feel like you got to try to handle it on your own. Yeah. Well, to close, I was thinking of a way, um, is there anything you've talked to your daughters about being a mom or something that you would have shared with them about, I don't know, taking stock in something mm-hmm. or, or things like that or advice you have for your girls as they go into motherhood? Oh, I'll put yeah. you on the spot there. That's yeah, a little hard. That's a hard question, but I was just thinking of... Well, I think it is always recognizing that you're not alone in this, you know, that you are, first of all, you have, you know, our secret, our secret sauce is the Holy Spirit within us that we, first of all, that we have that vertical relationship with the Lord first, because he gives us the wisdom and he's, he's the source of everything. And then, of course, that, then the next relationship with your husband to keep that strong. And, and it's, it's really hard once you start having kids to 
to see that relationship and make that the priority as well as, you know, loving your, your babies and stuff and taking care. But, um, you know, having those priorities is really important. Um, and so that would probably be, you know, walking, learning how to walk in the spirit to me is the number one thing in kind of all areas of life, but um, especially in motherhood, because we never feel adequate to meet all our kids' needs. And so um, the great thing is the Lord says, you know, if you need wisdom, ask me. And if you, uh, you know, your adequacy is in me, I'll, I'll help you, you know, I, your strength. And he gives us... Um, you know, everything we need. <laughs> so it's, it's, I think for me, it's that spiritual component, mm-hmm. allowing your, the Holy Spirit to work in and through you to, to help you with those things. And then asking the community, not thinking that your husband first, if, if you have a husband, there's a lot of single parents out there that need uh, other, you know, parents and um, people to help, not to feel like you have to do it alone. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. I think that's, exactly what I need to hear too. I appreciate that. Well, I really appreciate you being willing to come and share your journey in motherhood, oh, all the different you. facets and all the different ways that well, you've been blessed I as a mom. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate you asking. It's no. really fun. It's been fun to talk. And just it has been fun to talk and it has helped me reflect a lot too. Like, I feel like i got to call my mom and be like, I appreciate <laughs> I know, you well. me too. I'm so bad about not doing that. So thanks mom. Yes, <laughs> I'm me sure too. <laughs> all right, well, thanks, thanks Sam. <laughs> Uh, again, I feel like I need to start by saying thanks, mom. And thanks to all the other moms out there. It's not an easy journey. So keep at it. There's lots of support. There's lots of people there. Thank you so much, Anne, for coming and for sharing about your journey in motherhood. And I really was encouraged by it. And I hope you as a listener were encouraged as well. Well, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.